When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail cheaters! Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. I feel like there's a little extra motor behind you right now. This could be the quickest <laughs> game week yep. turnaround we've had this season. Yeah, like yeah, matches start up again on Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, late. We're recording late Sunday. The matches start on Tuesday. We're actually going to try to keep this one. We've been going long, even by our standards. We've been going pretty long recently, hour 15, hour 30. I I, I never understand it because I look at the order and I'm like, are we have, you know, we we narrowed it down to seven questions, you know, like very like we're just going to hit. It's actually, you know what it is? It's it's stuff like me talking right now that actually makes <laughs> right. it 90 minutes long. So it is. But again, quick turnaround. Matches start on Tuesday. It's actually the first of two sets of these midweek early December matches because um, you have matches midweek and then matches the weekend. And then next week you have the champions league, uh, the final round and then matches that weekend and then matches the weekend after that or in the midweek after that. So you have, I think it's what that so it's like four game weeks and two and a half weeks or something yeah, like that. Right. So a, a lot coming our way and everyone is starting off on a, on a really upbeat and happy note because um we all lost our spurs players on <laughs> sunday morning i mean that that is a you just have to laugh because um it, it was a combination of just a complete act of god totally out of your control um yeah. coupled with the fact that these were uh players that a lot of managers were counting on for big yeah. points kane and son the expectation was these guys were going to get attacking returns and help yeah. lift up uh, everyone's game week scores, especially going into Sunday when people were kind of struggling a little bit. You know, a lot of us were in the, you know, mid thirties points range after Saturday, will Spurs save us? And then right out of the gate, nope, Spurs are off the table. And for you, Josh, that was, um, that was a disaster um, because your move was for Kane this week. Yeah. Right? Well, it was just frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. And, it, you know, the, it was frustrating because I put a lot of time into it. You know, I really try to, like, think about it. I, I, you know, I, I went to the trouble of sort of writing out my entire thought process and put it together in this little thread. And I thought it was, like, coherent and made sense. And then you're like, nope, like, act of God doesn't matter, you know. And instead of whatever I would have got from Kane, um, I got one point from Damari Gray off the bench. And yeah. I know some people got zero from Lieberamento. And it was, it was just kind of a, a fluky situation yeah so it was kind of it was actually like, conversely I not I, to like totally yeah. armchair this but you would have gotten zero from ronaldo had you held him i mean this yeah. was game week 13 the game week of banter yellow cards where yeah. bomo gets one at the end of injury time ronaldo comes on as a sub and gets a meaningless red card for arguing i don't even know what with anthony mason yeah um, yellow so. but yeah yeah Right, right, yellow, and that's three, three, uh, three in the last five for him. So he's actually kind of, I, I suppose, on yellow card watch now. 
so that at least at least puts him like kind of then into that like danger zone a little bit. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, Ronaldo was always going to go this week. I just I was just sick of having him, and I didn't, I really didn't care about the opening pitch. I'm not even sure that Arsenal fixture. You know, if if Ragnar hasn't come in yet, I'm not sure that that's um, a great fixture for him. And I'm not I'm not convinced that Ragnar is a great fit for him either. I mean, like yeah. the guy who invented Gegenpressing is Gegenpressing is uh, uh, going to take over Man United. Right. Like like who's like the guy who like famously doesn't press? It's Ronaldo. And so yeah. I, don't, I don't quite understand how he's going to work. Like, is he going to be okay being like a super sub or something in Man United? It's just feels very um once once it was announced it sounded like a great move for man united but it also made me feel like okay like this is not something i like this did not get me excited about bringing ronaldo back into my team there was this, also this re- weird aura of backpedaling after the chelsea united match where it was sort of like when ragnick if if slash when ragnick actually comes in how yeah. much longer does carrick have I watched this David De Gea past my uh, post-match press uh, interview, and he didn't seem to have any idea um, yeah. what was going on with the managerial situation. So it's just like chaos continues at that club. Yeah, and like it was funny to see people come out and like give. I mean, I don't want to like this. Man United fans have had like a like enough already, you know, sure. from everybody. But I mean, the idea that like that was like a like an impressive performance is kind of puzzling to me because that's like it's basically what Burnley did to Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, right? Like totally dominated <laughs> one long ball. Right. And like a long ball falls at just the right spot or, yeah. um, you know, I suppose Jorginho makes the mistake at just the right time. And, um, and they, and they score a goal. I mean, it was, it was, there was never a moment where it felt like Man United could, could honestly, there was never a moment where it felt like they could win that match or even score a goal. Right. Like that one goal was like, it really came from nothing. And, um, and it was just David De Gea's heroics really that kept yeah. them, you know, in the match. Yeah. It was the, the XG on understat for that match is Chelsea at 2.35 and Manchester United at 0.56. So you know, wow. according to the stats, Chelsea should have, uh, won by at least two goals. Yeah. I guess I guess the point five six was all that um, that one on one chance. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that was their only shot on target, right? Uh, yeah, was it? No, there no. was one late because uh, Fred Fred <laughs> Fred was given the ball by Mendy, oh, and then he no. passed it back to him. Like it was like a back pass. <laughs> right, right. I remember celebrating my Mendy save in that moment. The one good thing that happened to my fantasy team in that match. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get three saves out of that. From no, 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 no. Yeah, it was yeah. just uh, you know, but it boost it boosted Mendy's BPS, and we're always watching the underlying <laughs> stats, true. Josh. Yeah, boost his confidence, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens with Man United. I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's too early to speculate, really. But uh, you know, I, I don't think that the uh, Arsenal match this weekend is is or this, I should say it's on Thursday um, is a particularly enticing match for them either. I mean, I think Arsenal have looked. Defense. Okay, I, I realize they just went to Liverpool and and lost four 0 but I thought they actually quitted themselves okay yeah. in that match. It kind of got away from them late, and uh, and also Man United are not Liverpool at least at the moment, and so I don't see that. I actually think it would not be crazy for Arsenal to keep a clean sheet in that match. Yeah, and I think going back to that Liverpool match, the I think the interesting comparison between that Arsenal team and that Liverpool team that has a host of trophies and experience and age comparatively, the Arsenal team was much younger, lack of lack, lacking experience. You take a bombing out of that squad. And I think like the average age has got to be around the 21 or something like that. So I, Mm -hmm. I agree the four nil scoreline there um, was unflattering and and, uh, kind of, 
unfair for that young Arsenal team. And I think they, yeah. you know, I think they, they handled that Newcastle, um, that Newcastle match pretty well. Awesome. I, they looked great. Yeah. I was thinking especially too of the, uh, the matchup between Callum Wilson and Gabriel. And we're going to talk a bit about Newcastle strikers in a moment, but, um, Arsenal were not afraid to get physical with that Newcastle team that really honestly at this point has nothing to lose or everything to lose as yeah. it were. So, um, I mean, it's just all sorts of encouraging signs for Arsenal. Yeah. And a Newcastle team that has shown they can score some goals, right? Maybe that's yeah. like the one thing you can say about them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess everyone looked great except for Aubameyang, right? He missed that, that point blank. That was like, it like kind of hurt everybody. <laughs> I guess it was like, I think it was Saka to Smith Rowe. Yeah. Smith Rowe, you know, I think it was it off the post or it was Get I, goalkeeper it save. Yeah. Uh, goalkeeper save, carried right, it away right, into right, Aubameyang's path, right? Feet. Right. And then Aubameyang misses from, uh, it was kind of the week of that because right at the end of the Chelsea match too, uh, Rudiger would really want to save my game week too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudiger, uh, unmarked blast the ball as hard. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's one of those cliches, but like that ball has still not hit the ground, yeah. right? It's still rising, yeah. crossing, what, the, crossing over to the moon right now. What's funny about that Rudiger miss is I was on Instagram and I saw Chelsea, um, or maybe it was the premier league doing great goals between this in this fixture of Chelsea and United and there was that exact goal where Fernando Torres crosses it from the same place Pulisic did today and Juan Mata was on the other end for Chelsea and he just roofed it for uh for a goal and he's like Rudiger was not Juan Mata in that moment he's a he's a center half that was um you know he had he was probably never gonna make that there though (laughs) Like he's popping up all the time. It's crazy. He is. He he is. Uh, he he he's um he's a marauding center half, Josh. <laughs> he has turned into one all of a yeah. sudden. It's like he's hungry for goals right now, which I I love. I mean, I don't know how they didn't get a goal with like those like nineteen corner kicks they had in that match. But anyway, so um, I you know last week, uh, Brandon, you know the, the old thing they say in politics: if you're explaining, you're losing. And you did a lot of explaining last week about your team and uh, things did not go that well. So uh, I will just quickly say that I had a trash game week, uh, <laughs> one, like, one that then the Kane, the Kane move totally backfired. I brought in Gallagher, who I like and now I like immediately want to get rid of. I was like super uh, unimpressed in that match. Like everything, all the good things I said about him, I immediately take back. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm being a little dramatic here, but I, 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 I was not like thrilled with, with how he looked in that game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I finished on, I think it was, uh, 49 points all told, which, um, you know, it was like, it was one of those ones where your overall rank isn't, uh, isn't affected that much, but it's a massacre in your mini leagues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was really feeling that one with not having Jota this week. That was really, uh, killer. I don't know when everybody got Jota. Like it happened so fast. <laughs> you just came back in so many teams. Yeah. Um, and it kind of kicked myself because I had two transfers and I could have, I could have brought him in and I just, that was not the move that I prioritized. Um, and then obviously compounded with Spurs not playing was kind of a, Kind of bummer, but in the end, I only you know moved from I was like seven point four k, and now I'm twelve point four k. So I only moved down five thousand places, and um, you know, so I, I feel like you know whatever, move on. We play on Tuesday, it's all good. And um, but look, I'm going to give you the stage now, Brand, because you now um, have a chance to be in the reverse of where you were last week and talk about how well everything worked out. Yeah, I did have a good game week. I finished on 65 points and I've been waiting, waiting, waiting for a game week in which some of my differential players came through for me 
and Sokka did, as well as Vardy. Now, all of the explaining I've been doing over the last few weeks has come down to wasted transfers, tinkering in my defense, and I still don't think I have my defense exactly the way I wanted it. But tinker, 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 injuries, screw-ups resulted in me not being able to do Harry Kane for free. And ultimately, all of the points that I lost out on tinkering with my defense have um, some of them at least have come back with that Vardy brace, uh, the 12 pointer. So I'm happy about that. And now it's like, it's like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. Jamie Vardy is just banging the microphone against his head saying, I'm staying, I'm staying. Uh, so he, he, he gets to stay <laughs> in my squad. I mean, mostly because, uh, who else are we going to get, Josh? But also, yeah. Lester, for as weird as that team looks at the moment and bad injuries and whatnot, uh, they have a good they have a good enough fixture run to justify keeping Vardy. So, um, yeah. But my problems now are really in the midfield. So this is something we can address as we talk about game week fourteen. But you know, <laughs> I I can concede that yes, I've clearly hung on to Ben Rama far too long. Also, Saka. Okay. Um, it's like whenever Saka does or comes close to doing anything good, it also is paired with some sort of uh, crippling injury. Uh, so he's, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's not been the funnest player to own <laughs> as fun of a player as he is IRL. So, um, I yeah. got a nice green arrow up 70 K up to 147 K. Wow. So really, really wow. chuffed about that. That's a big, that, that's like a what, 30, 30 plus percent, 33% jump or something like that. That's, that's, that's pretty significant, especially, you know, obviously we're still early in the season, first third of the season, but, um, you know, it does get harder and harder to make those big, those big jumps. Like anything more than, you know, 10, 20% is, uh, yeah. it's pretty massive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, trying to keep, uh, generate some form from here as uh, the fixture pile up comes at us. The, the, uh, from a fantasy point of view, you can talk about the, uh, current and upcoming fixture pile up as stressful and chaotic, but mm -hmm. the beauty of it is particularly if you're trying to gain some form in your mini leagues or overall is each week will come up very quickly, allowing you to just generate that momentum or put bad game weeks in the past and keep looking ahead and thinking positively. So normally we do this at the end of the pod, but just I'm curious, um, what are you thinking for transfers this week? Where's your where's your head on that front? Yeah, my transfers are already done. Um, I knew I wanted okay. Jota. I saw he was price rising last night. So mm -hmm. um, the only way for me to afford Jota on a minus four was to move Rafinha out. So if you look at Saka and Ben Rama, both players I would have rather get gotten rid of. I couldn't afford uh, Jota by shipping either of those guys. So Rafinha, I, I just, I think leads whatever. Like Rafinha is, a, is the star man there, but I, I don't really have much patience to uh, keep up with leads. So Rafinha left, as did uh, Sanchez in goal. My my hilarious, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, backup goalkeeper. Somebody on the Slack, I can't remember, said, uh, "Oh, you're clearing the lane to bring in Ederson uh, to really beef up your <laughs> your backup goalkeeper position." <laughs> so it's Sanchez and Rafinha out for Ben Foster, who now has a groin injury, and Jota. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's well, that's it. Bachman did not exactly uh, win back his spot today. <laughs> no, so yeah. As soon as as soon as Foster's fit, he's there. back in. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think that makes sense. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, I mean, we've joked about the Sanchez move and, and, you know, it's just one of those five second moments of, 
whatever, you know, but I mean, in the end you paid a four point penalty for it. I mean, it's a season with where there's, you're going to get more than 2000 points. It's, it's hardly a, you know, a season ender or anything like that. So I, I think it was, I think it was smart to just finally do that move, especially when it funds um, a player like Jota. So yeah, I mean, I'm in a similar spot where I'm I'm really seriously looking at Jota. I mean, for me, uh, you know, I'm really a little on the fence. I mean, I, I may just roll without Jota because I, I don't really, mind having Gallagher for that Leeds match. I could see that being like a fairly open match between those two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that would be the thing that would make the most sense. And I guess the move would be uh, Antonio to player X, somebody, some forward under 6.5 million. We're going to talk about forwards uh, in a minute here. Um, Antonio to player X, uh, I guess it could be team Boogie. Who's the one? I mean, you, you look ahead to the upcoming run of fixtures, and there is there really are no forwards that just really get you excited. I mean, if you're a player, if you're if you're a manager who who values fixtures, right, and you don't just like take like the best player available or whatever. I mean, like, yeah, like it'd be fun to bring in someone like Josh King or Emmanuel Denny, but they play Chelsea and Man City in their next two. Like, those are like the two teams I least want them to play, you know, in the next two weeks. And so that just sort of immediately takes them off the table. And, you know, looking across the board, it's just a lot of, um, it, it just feels like a lot of guesswork, um, in terms of who you'd actually, you know, yeah. trust to bring in your team. And maybe I know you're a big, you're a Chris Wood fanatic, Brennan. So maybe he's the one who, Oh you yeah. Consider, you yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, you know, I should, I should throw an Instagram up of my Chris Wood fat head that I have in my, my game room. <laughs> It's like nine Does feet tall. Do they still even make those? Is that <laughs> still know. a thing? I, I have no idea. I wonder if I wonder if you can still get a fat head. If somewhere. you can, I feel like this would be a great like prize for whoever wins the uh, um, the always cheating Super League or the Patreon yeah. League. A, a fat head of your choosing. So I I think it's a tricky week though when it comes to transfers because I look at my squad right now and if I line up in a four three three it doesn't look so bad, uh, as is. And in theory, you could think, okay, great. Just hold your transfer and, and, and wait until this weekend and, and, you know, and, and use two. Um, and what, but, but that only works if we don't see heavy rotation. And I am quite confident we're going to see heavy rotation. Cancelo, James, Rudiger, all three of those players, possibly Salah, who I'm still going to captain, but who I think is at least, I'm at risk of being rotated, uh, but Cancelo, James and Rudiger in particular, I think all three of those players, maybe Rudiger least, although even he uh, is not immune to it. Uh, I think could see some rotation in that Watford match. And um, it's got me a little, a little bit anxious and, um, yeah. and I want to beef up my bench. But the problem is if I decide that I'm going to beef up my bench, then I'm, I'm left with like a, what like is like really kind of an unattractive move, which would be to, turn Sissoko into somebody, which is just like, what's the point, right? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I have two, I have point two in the bank. So I go to a 4.7, like I could bring in Allen, right? That's not yeah. very exciting. Uh, I could turn Damari Gray into somebody 5.7 million or cheaper. Like not a lot of options there that I'm really excited about. I mean, maybe, uh, yeah, I just go to Mbomo and just thumb my nose at everybody who wants to drop this guy. Uh, or I turn Libermento into somebody and I don't want to do that either. Um, and so it, it almost makes logical sense to just do a minus four and, and bring in and bring in Jota um, and Don Grant Antonio. Um, but I don't know. It's just, so it's just, you know, just cause it would, it would, I, I don't know, but I, so I'm really on the fence about what I'm going to do. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, and so I've got, I'm going to give myself, I, I just like took the, I took all the price rises on the chin uh, today. And, uh, and then I'm just hoping by tomorrow night, I'll have some, 
um, some sense. Maybe I'll like get like a fluke injury and it'll just like make things very easy for me. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like one of those weeks where I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to make a decision because yeah. um, I, I, you know, it's like, I hate to, I hate to play this way, but of course it's hard not to think this way. Right. It's just like that sort of logic of like, just like, well, I, it's like you could see how any move you make could rebound and hurt you, yeah. you know? And so you're just like, well, every move could rebound and hurt me. So I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's, you know, that's clearly not the way you want to play. So um, I don't know. So a, a 5.7 million or cheaper midfielder, I suppose would be the simplest move here. Um, but again, that, that means I'm once again in a position coming into this weekend where I don't have Jota or a clear way to get to him. Uh, and his ownership is just going to get higher and higher. And so yeah. I guess, the other move I could make would be Kane to Vardy, uh, hilariously. I mean, I, I would have I'd give, dropping Kane before he's even played a match. Uh, but that in some ways would be the simplest way um, because it would um, it would free up the money instantly. And I think I could just go gray to uh, Jota at that yeah. point. So anyway, you know, lots lots to consider. Um, I'm sure other people are in that same boat as well. So let's we, – we're, we're going to look at game week uh, 14 in just a second here. But um, – just before we do, uh, always cheating Super League. Let me read out the top. It's actually we have a three-way tie for eighth here, Brandon. So I'm going to start with eight mm, and plenty. move my way up to first. Yeah. Uh, Hendrick Matson, Kevin Walsh, James Hawken. Those are all tied for eighth. Seventh, we've got Jez King. And sixth, Daniel Mindy. In fourth, Andre Glushkov tied for fourth with uh, Avinash Jagtop. And third is Halid Music. Uh, and second is Torre Hegna. And then first is Daniel Mason Abraham. Congrats to everybody in the top eight, I guess I should say. Yeah, and I think Daniel Mason Abraham is still number one in the world. Uh, plenty of time, though, for hold music to catch him. And we're all rooting for you. <laughs> Indeed we are. All right, Josh. And I'll just throw in a quick plug uh, for our Patreon, of course, just by click and play, everybody. You support this podcast. But if you want to say thanks to me and Josh and get more FPL content in return, you know what to do. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Lots of different tiers to choose from. You get an extra weekly podcast uh, ad free. Also access to our Slack chat, which we had a robust chat going uh, this Saturday. Josh, you logged off of the Hail Cheaters Twitter account, and uh, we spent some quality time with our patrons. Lots of fun um, just to banter during the the live matches. Also, we got our Week in Review newsletter, courtesy of Mini League Mate, and our Dean's List Manager of the Month Award. We're coming up to the end of November here. So we'll check in on our Patreons to see who is the biggest points getter for November and the uh, winner of the November Dean's List will get a free Always Cheating t-shirt. T-shirts are available at some of the higher tiers as well. So do check that out at patreon.com slash always cheating and shouting out our newest patrons. We had a good influx this week. So thank you to Chalmers Brown, Stephen Curtis, Emily Thornley, Sam Toscano, and The Saint. Josh, that'll do it. Let's take it to a break. Come back and preview game week 14 that starts probably like any minute now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think it starts at less than 48 hours from now. By the way, a quick shout out. The Saint is our newest producer patron, Brandon. So I was mm. good to have Saints supporting you, right, in your corner going into these tricky festive fixtures. It is, it is the holiday season after all, Brandon. Oh, yeah. So, we have so- we, we have to start a uh, an HBO <laughs> show called The Many Saints of Always Cheating uh, to see how we it do. all began. That's good. That's good spawn con right there. We need to talk to the David Chase company. All right, let's take a break. We'll get back and we'll talk about game week 14.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Brian, we're back. Game week 14 kicks off on Tuesday. We have a couple matches on Tuesday, a couple matches on Thursday, and then a block of matches on Wednesday. I, so, you know, this is like, it's fun, but also I, I think I have meetings like all of Wednesday. You know, it's like, yeah. that's the, it's the U S problem where I'm always like, Oh, you know what? It's fine. I've got meetings, but I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to record the matches and I'll watch them afterwards as if I have that kind of self-control. <laughs> right. I just, it just yeah. means I'll just be flipping my phone over every five minutes to, to see what's happening. So anyway, um, so the kickoff on Tuesday and uh, the way I, I, I just pulled a few questions again, it's a short turn on time. And so it's not gonna be as long as our normal pod. And so I just grabbed a few questions that I thought were relevant and reflecting what, um, a lot of people were thinking about in different ways. And so, um, I know one, one thing that people are looking at is our cheap forward options. Um, you know, just trying to, I mean, you have Antonio who's been really disappointing. You have, um, I don't know, but like, you know, I mean, even, even Tony, who maybe has kind of gotten a stay of execution now, he's a little bit like Jamie Vardy, actually, where he sort of, he, he got, he came out the other side, uh, yeah. and now he has like a nice run ahead of him. And you're like, well, like two goals and two. I mean, I, you know, it's like, if I was looking to drop one of my forwards this week, it would, it would not be Tony at new, uh, you know, at Spurs. It would be Antonio home to Brighton. <laughs> I think Antonio out would be, would be more appealing there, you know? So yeah, you brought uh, up, you brought up politics earlier with your, with your catchphrases, your, um, your idioms, Josh, but I think uh-huh. it's it, with, with these strikers too, it's, it's like the way people vote in local elections. You're like, oh, I'm just going to vote for the guy that's currently in office because they all seem terrible. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah, just going to take yeah, the path classic. of least resistance. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tony <laughs> and Vardy, like, yeah. I'm just going to vote, you know, party line down the ticket and just get out of here. Nothing's going to change no matter how I vote. Um, not to be yeah. totally cynical here, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's, it's like, exactly. Like, it's like, you want to be positive, but you also don't want to just make a move to just like just a waste of transfer. I mean, it's kind of what I was talking about earlier with my move, right? It's like, I, I kind of want to take Damari Gray out because he plays 
home to Liverpool. If he has to come in for me, I, I'm not optimistic about what I'm going to get there. But I don't want to just waste a transfer either, yeah. you know. And somebody who has a like a marginally better chance of doing of doing well this weekend. So um, I, I do, you know, it can get very tricky. And so um, Gavin Doyle asked, "Is Saint Maximum worth a punt for the next two home fixtures?" And, you know, kind of my knee jerk instantly is like, well, now, you know, <laughs> uh, like I just Newcastle, like who knows what's going on. But Norwich and Burnley are probably the best is probably the best two match run you're going to get out of any yeah. forward uh, going in the next two weeks. And again, we're talking about a very short term, like, you know, one thing you really want to be mindful of around this time is, you know, who's going to get rotated. Newcastle cannot afford to get ro- like to, cannot afford heavy rotation for any of their no. matches, right? They need to get a win. They still, they have six draws in the season and no wins. So, you know, they really need to, to pull, you know, put one win across the line and home to Norwich and home to Burnley are probably two of the best chances they're going to get. So I, you know, I do think that he's a reasonable shout and he is a little bit cheaper, obviously, than, um, than Callum Wilson. I mean, you know, what do you think about St. Max? I like him. I mean, I I don't think that he um, has gotten the returns that probably his play has warranted. He has been in that Arsenal match. He was just as active on the ball as Callum Wilson. Wilson's problem in the Arsenal match was he just really couldn't get the ball at his feet. But St. Max was doing his his typical thing of cutting in along the edge of the 18 yard box. And he, he just couldn't fashion a chance. But you like you mentioned, these two fixtures coming up there will be opportunities for both Wilson and St. Max I do like him as as a shout particularly if he frees up some cash for you to um, improve your team elsewhere I think if I had limitless funds and I was targeting uh, bringing in a Newcastle player I'd prefer to have Callum Wilson I mean despite what I just said about how he played in the Arsenal match. I think if Newcastle see more of the ball um, in the upcoming two fixtures, Wilson is going to probably have more and better looks than St. Maximin does. So it's like St. Maximin, fun pick. If you can afford Callum Wilson, that'd be my preference. Yeah. And and Wilson is, you know, I mean, had a fantastic season last year, 12 goals and six assists. This year, only four goals, but he did miss four matches on the season. So you're talking about a player who returned four times in nine starts, uh, which, you know, if you think that lens is a little more impressive. He has blanked in the last four, however, which is surprising. I actually thought he was doing a little bit better than that. As soon as you look at the the actual re- returns in these matches yeah. and you're like, yeah, these bandwagons sometimes get started just based on on fixtures and new managers and, and things like that. And um, you know, I actually do wonder if Pookie is is really the pick in this yeah. sub seven million bracket. I mean, I think um, it it does seem like Norwich are playing you know, like quite a bit better under Dean Smith. He's he's, he's quite a good manager, right? I mean, it, you know, it's sort of maybe it's going to work out well for everybody. Right? It's like at Villa, <laughs> well, yeah. Villa seem improved. Uh, I mean, obviously this is short term, but you know, Norwich seem improved as well. Like maybe. Maybe everyone ends up happy in the end, Brandon. You see this happen so many times with managers, like great managers. Uh, I'm not going to compare Dean Smith to Pochettino, but these managers who go on these incredible runs with clubs, as Poch did taking Spurs uh, almost to a league title, to a Champions League final, and then he just kind of ran out of gas with that side. Whether the players get sick of the training exercises or the personalities just start to... Um, to fail to mix. And Dean Smith, it was, I think, yeah, it, it, you look at how invigorated that Villa squad seemed to be now under Steven Gerrard. The talent was there, so uh, they may have just kind of run their course with Dean Smith. And um, and, and there you go. So I, I, I agree. I think Pookie... I mean, 
you do you think they're playing better under Dean Smith? They've they're now three unbeaten in a row. Granted, one of those was um was Farka's victory, but uh I think Pookie just he feels like yeah, you know, we're talking talking about those Newcastle strikers. There's just like straight up eye test. There's nothing <laughs> really to back that up other than, you know what, I feel like Callum Wilson had the right energy. Um, he was making the right movement against against Arsenal, but there are no yeah. stats to help you with this. When you look at that north side playing better, um, shifting the ball as they do, and Puki has some attacking returns under his belt to boot, and at 5.8, um, I, yeah, I think he's probably the best pick if you're looking for a budget forward yeah. for the next two fixtures. Yeah, and I think the other, you know, the lens to view it in, right, is, I mean, you sort of got, you get it, at, I think, you know, which is just that, like, there's, if you look at all of the kind of sub-8 million, but until until Cal, uh, until Dominic Calvert-Lewin comes back, until Patrick Bamford comes back, I know that they're both starting to train a little bit, but they're not, you know, they're not back yet, until even Jimenez has, has been good but inconsistent, right? I mean, he's a player that I, I sort of find appealing, but not hugely appealing right he's not a break yeah. up your team to to, yeah. to bring him in player so it's a wolves the issue case, there the wolves team yeah. just kind of is 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 week to week whether they can do it or not but yeah i interrupted your point yep no and then you know now unfortunately you know potence uh he would come back and started to to you know pick up some minutes uh he has covid so that kind of a you know it's always something with potence isn't it like what was it with this guy like why is it always <laughs> something with him yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously that's not his fault that he got COVID, but it just feels like there's like always some isn't it issue though? with, with, po- I, I, yeah, isn't it? Well, who knows exactly what, what was he doing? Uh, no, no, but, uh, it's uh, bad luck on, on Potence's part, but, um, you know, three goals and three assists, uh, for, for him and has, I mean, in, in the end, it's not that good, right? Yeah. He's played in all, uh, you know, in all t- uh, 13 matches. I, I guess he only played two minutes in one and, and was, you know, returning from injury at the start of the season, but, but still. I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, this player is necessarily worth almost 8 million. And so maybe you do just go pookie and, 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 and hope for the, the, the rejuvenation to continue. And then for, and you know, someone like me, like that would suddenly turn one of my crummy midfielders into Diogo Jota, right. It just sort of solves that, solves that problem right away. So, um, yeah, I think that, I mean, you look ahead to their fixtures. I think they're okay. I think that it's one of those runs where the fixture ticker maybe makes it seem, harder than it is, right? Or the the fixture difficulty rating on the site, which sometimes you have to you have to kind of retrain your brain not to see those red marks. Sure. You know, and because you know Newcastle away, that's that 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 the FDR says that's a two. That is a one. That is a one mm-hmm. for Team Ipuki. Uh away to Spurs, that's a three. I'd say that's more like a two. Mm-hmm. I think that is one that point is match one point eight five is where I'd put that. Yeah, that is that is a pretty good match for them. Honed Man United that's like a two as well. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like, what are you, what are you expecting from, from them in that match? Right. Yeah. Especially because when you think about that match, they're not going to play like they did at Chelsea, right. They're not going to, um, hang back, uh, just do everything they can to, to scrap out a point and hope they get a long ball that, that falls, you know, the right way. They're going to try to win that match. Right. And so when that happens, that opens up opportunities from like Pookie, like maybe I might win that match, but I see Pookie getting a, you know, some kind of, I, I, I like to see the possibility of a return for him in that one. And then after Man United, they play Aston Villa at home in game week 17. So it, it's really not a bad run of fixtures. And the nice thing about a 5.8 million player, too, is they are eminently benchable, 
right? It's very easy. Sometimes when you spend more than like $7 million on a player, like even someone like Antonio, it's just kind of hard to bench them, right? There's just something about the amount of money you've invested in them, which usually does represent their quality, right? Not always, but usually. And so it's kind of, it's hard to be like, ah, like, you know, just... I guess I'll start Antonio anyway, you know, yeah. just because he's, I, I know that he can, he, I've seen him score goals in my life or whatever, but you know, if you have Pookie, I, I feel like I'd be very happy to bench him sometimes. And if I'm still going to be playing four or five at the back, a lot of these game weeks, it feels very easy for me to, um, to keep that going. So I, I really make an impassioned case for Pookie <laughs> here, which I didn't expect myself to be doing, yeah. but I, I just got on a roll. So well, yeah, that's, that's it just, it just feels like shrewd FPL management. I think, um, you know, people who are huge fans of football and the Premier League, you get caught up in these. Well, I don't frankly really respect Norwich City as like a top flight club. I favor Jimenez, who is just the quality player, or I, I favor Callum Wilson for these reasons. But sometimes it, being a fantasy manager is not as romantic as all of that. Um, yeah. nor is it as logical as you think it is. I mean, the logic would tell me lots of the feedback coming out of game week 13 was all about the Watford strikers, um, in Emmanuel Denis and Josh King who are in terrific form. Uh, but it's just kind of, I think there's a reason why we haven't mentioned their names at all because their two fixtures coming up are, are, uh, Chelsea and Manchester city back to back. So it just feels like it's too late. For the Watford boys, let's revisit that conversation uh, once uh, the fixtures turn back for them in game week 16. Game week 16, by the way, pivotal pivotal game week for fantasy for those managers holding yeah. under their wild card. So let's, let's stick a pin in that. And then I guess spare a thought for the Southampton strikers who I guess like they exist off to the side because they don't meet any of these requirements that I've set, like romantic picks, quality picks, eye test picks, stats picks. The Southampton strike, strikers are just like, they seem like fine fellas, uh, but just not really, um, not really in the mix at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I thought Broja had a couple moments where he looked really good. Um, and you know, nothing, nothing came of it. It was kind of a weird, um, yeah, I was a little, uh, I don't know what uh, Heisenhill was thinking going into that match. I felt like, uh, <laughs> like it was like they played three forwards and it was like a, a credit to you guys for trying to win, I guess. But it's like, I don't know. It was like a, that had that match had like four nil or five nil written all over, but kind of from the lineup reveal, you know? So it was just, yeah. just a weird one. Right. Yeah. And then the, the question was how many goals are, are Liverpool going to pour it on? The commentary was suggesting that it could have been another nine nil, but Jurgen is such good friends with Hassan Hoodle that he decided to uh, take his foot off the gas there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I he did uh he did sub Joda. I mean, Joda really should have had a hat trick in that. He should, match too. He's <laughs> like the first 30 so minutes good. he should have. It's incredible yeah, the way he opened yeah. that game. He was really good. So, that uh, that brings us to Wednesday. Uh Wednesday is when we got the the bulk of the matches. There's six on, on Wednesday including uh Liverpool at um Everton, the uh, Merseyside derby, Brandon, which mm, I'm looking tasty. forward to. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting. And I, I don't really know uh, what to expect from Everton right now. They're sort of, I thought they actually played okay uh, in that 1 0 loss today. There's a weird spot, right? Where they said their injuries are just crushing them, but they do have Decore back, which I think will I think will really help. And then once, you know, they were without Dominic Coverloon and Richarlison, though. And right. um, R- Rondon, who had one pretty good chance, just is not 
the answer clearly uh just does not do enough good things to to kind of win matches for for everton but um you know the question uh, the first question here is uh, is foden a really for migs he says is foden a really easy sell for jota i'd love to have a city attacker for the fixture but holding foden, foden these last two weeks has been less than fruitful yeah, I feel I feel like we kind of uh, hedged on Foden in recent weeks, uh, just just you know in deference to how good a player he is, and yeah, he honestly polite. has had pretty good form this season when he's been fit. But I, I think you just have to be really callous with Man City attackers, and as soon as it's clear that the party is over, you must leave. You cannot be the last one to leave the um, the non-firing Man City attacker party. So Foden to Jota is, seems like one of the easier transfers one could make yeah. going into game week 14. I'm glad you said that because I feel exactly the same way. I mean, part of what makes it so easy is that if Foden wasn't healthy enough to to play, to even make the lineup today, I mean, I mean the 18 today, it seems hard to believe yeah. that he's going to be there at midweek. And then that certainly puts him at a risk for this weekend as well, right? And so you're talking about possibly holding him for for possibly missing two of two matches, right? If there was yeah. like an international break coming up or something like that, I think it'd be easier to hold them. But at the moment it's, it's, it's too hard. Yeah, it is. So the that next... was easy. Let's just <laughs> move to the next question. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So let's jump to it by order of FPL wants to know how much longer can we put up with Antonio's lack of form in the, in the fact that he's 44% owned. That's pretty high, Josh. Uh, is is yep. that a reason yep. enough to keep him, i.e. Swords versus Shield? So by order of FPL suggesting that Antonio remains sort of a Shield pick, um, yep. you want to have him just to cover that 44% ownership. We're kind of in, in this weird space with Antonio in that he was in such good form early in the season. So many people brought him in to get him to that 44% ownership. We're now moving into the period of the season where you're like, okay, how many of how much of that 44% are actually active teams that you're competing against in this moment? So uh, I, I, it's, it's certainly less than 44%, but um, I, yeah, I, I, I think Antonio goes for me only if it is to retrieve cash for your defense or midfield um beyond that i think just what's what's so interesting about him in that position at west ham is they they don't really have a, a like for like replacement for antonio so i think as long as he's fit um yep. he will play and he's a notorious injury record and you do have to be concerned with him playing he's I, don't, I can't imagine he can play all 90 minutes all the way through the uh january 1st uh, set of fixtures but um, I don't know. I'm not that bothered to get rid of him. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I think you summed it up really. I mean, it's he's a player that it's it's you're kind of, it's fine to sell him, right? If you want to enable somebody else, I do not think that he's uh, a must own player at this point. I think that if, if you know he quite the opposite, I think that I would be I'd be happy to to drop him and I may even do it this week. Um, and, you know, I mean, just six blanks in his last seven matches. He always looks good. Okay. Like, yeah. I feel like even today he created a chance for your boy Ben Rama that did, did not uh, come to pass early, early on in that match. Yeah. And, you know, it was just kind of a, but I mean, the whole team, I, I, you know, the whole team's form is suffering a little bit right now. The, the Liverpool win sort of 
I don't know, like did it take the wind out of their sails a little bit or something like that? It was like, uh, it, it, maybe it's just, a, it's, it's just a small dip really, but they have, they have lost their last two matches and, um, you know, they're still holding on in fourth place. They so remind like me, it's like, you know, they, they, they remind me of that Everton team right at the start of last season, you know, and James Rodriguez came out of the gate really hot. Calvert Lewin and Richarlison were both firing in it. And it was like all the, if Every piece was in exactly the right place. That Everton team was really quite good. West Ham are 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 a team like that with a little bit more depth. But I do feel like West Ham are that type of team where if everything is just so, they are incredible. Um, But on their day, if something just isn't quite right, if one of the players isn't quite feeling it, then uh, they you're not quite sure what you're going to get. And I think that is what we're seeing right now with them. Yeah. And maybe the problem is less Antonio. I mean, I think that Ben Rama's drop in form has, has been even more crucial, right. Mm-hmm. For, for West Ham. And I, it does feel like Antonio, when he gets a chance, is a chance that he's creating himself, yeah. right. Even some of the goals that West Ham scored the last few weeks have been goals that Antonio really did the setup for, you know, yeah. and just ultimately didn't get any attacking returns for them. So oh, yeah. Ben Rama's yeah. N- days are numbered, if not over with, you know, Lanzini <laughs> continually making a case as a super sub to say, Hey, play me. Bowen uh, did not, he, he started from the bench today and he's been a terrific player for them this season. There are many players that could slot in for Ben Rama. And the only reason Ben Rama has kept that starting role is his chemistry with an Anto- with Antonio. And if it's not there at the moment, I don't see any reason why Moyes would want to would want to start him. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I, I don't really know what uh, I, and I think this bright match could be tricky, too. Right. I don't see that as a as an especially easy match for them either. Um, so. It's, uh, yeah. So yeah, we don't know what West Ham's going to look like at midweek. We don't know who's even going to start in their midfield. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it it certainly makes Antonio like, as we just talked about when, when you look at the forward options, there's really, I mean, unless you're just, you know, just willing to take a total punt on, on wood or, you know, I guess Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins. I mean, these are players that are kind of interesting, right? I mean, but they, they, of course, they both play Man City in, in game week yeah, right. uh, 14, which makes them a little less appealing. Right, but you can't look, like, I guess the 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 real point here is you can't look at an Antonio's lack of form and say, I have to get rid of this guy. It is a, who are you bringing in? And, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, I don't know if I'm going Antonio to Pookie um, just based on Antonio's lack of form. If I'm going Antonio to Pookie, if it's to get cash for Jota. Right. Which is exactly, it's not like it's like a, I, 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 that's, that's exactly right. I would not make that move just on a free, just because I'm frustrated with Antonio. I think I would just, (laughs) I would just keep the, keep the faith, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit longer, but I mean, they play Chelsea in game week 15. So, um, maybe, you know, that's not a good, that's not a great, uh, fixture for them at all. I mean, just another reason why I, I really think that when people are making their transfers, you should really be thinking about your bench too and and avoid any kind of luxury transfer if you have if you have a like like lingering bench issue i would try to solve it with your with your game week 14 transfer if you really want to have two free transfers even um at the at the weekend i would recommend just using one of your transfers now to, to fix to fix a current problem so anyway uh with aj says and this is more of a comment i think than a, <laughs> than a question but i thought it was okay. relevant to how some people are thinking right mm-hmm. now uh and just and just we have to talk about the Werner performance because uh, AJ says with team Werner back and Ben Chilwell out, I couldn't check the feeling we're reverting back to the old Chelsea that can't score goals. 
I've been wanting to bring in either James or Alonzo, but now I'm a little hesitant. Would you still buy either or both of them? You know, um, if you go see Gallagher, a Gallagher show, uh, for, for people abroad or who might not remember Gallagher, this uh, comedian, American comedian from the 80s who would he'd do this whole bit, uh, you know, this whole stage show on observational humor, and then he'd end the whole thing by bringing a watermelon on stage and smash it with a giant sledgehammer. So if you go yeah. see Gallagher... Uh, and you're sitting in like the first three or four rows, you're, you're probably going to be wearing some sort of a rain poncho because you don't want to get your, your going out clothes all, all destroyed by flying watermelon juice. And I think if you go to see Chelsea and you're in the first three or four rows, uh, you should be given some protective gear if Timo Werner is on the pitch because <laughs> – when he shoots the ball, he's like like liable to take people's heads off um, who are yeah. like to the left or the right of the goal because he's not going to be hitting the target. There was one shot that he had against Manchester United today where he was like, I was like, did he kill somebody in in, yeah. in the stands? Just like, you mean like the sideways like <laughs> one that he did? It was like a weird angle. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like if he doesn't lift his head up, he honestly has no spatial awareness and doesn't understand where the goal could be at any given moment. It's, it's really it's dire, but makes it, w- it <laughs> makes it less fun to watch Chelsea matches. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's like he sort of, um, he doesn't seem like a bad guy and it, it clearly has skill and all that stuff, but there's just something about the way that he plays. It's like, he just makes so many blunders and it yeah. kind of makes watching Chelsea less fun. Because you're just you're like waiting for the next Timo blunder. But, um, you know, with with all that said, I don't see any reason why uh, that doesn't really affect how I feel about it. I mean, like we just I cannot emphasize enough what an absolute fluke it was that Man United scored today. There was nothing in that match (laughs) that that would have led you to believe that they could possibly score. And they were barely in in Chelsea's half in this game. The defense is rock solid it's fantastic i will happily start my two chelsea defenders in every single match i'd recommend that everybody have two chelsea defenders because it doesn't matter who they play Mm -hmm. they're far and away the team that i would be targeting with my transfers if i didn't have more than one defender and i think alonzo i I mean okay we we should talk about the alonzo substitute move because that that did move james over the left and and alonzo was dropped a few weeks ago so i mean there has to be at least a little bit of worry that maybe Alonso is is not Tuchel's favorite, right? Sure, yeah. And Tuchel has experimented with. I mean, when when uh, Reese James moved out to the left, it was because Pulisic came on and was occupying that space on the right. So it was Alonso makes way, uh, not Reese James for that move. And Tuchel has been experimenting with wingers in that wingback position, whether it's Callum Hudson Odoi and now Pulisic today. It does worry me, especially in matches where there where Chelsea is going to come up against uh, less resistance, where they don't have to protect the back line as much. Uh, he mm-hmm. doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to have a defensive wingback uh, focused as much. He can play those attacking wingbacks in those positions, and I think that might not that Alonso is you know the most incredible defensive wingback of all time, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I I don't want to put too fine a point on it because, as you're saying, Josh, yeah, you should have at least you should have two Chelsea defenders and start them. And if you're doing that, I think you can manage your risk with somebody like Alonso. Like the 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 matches in which Alonso gets the start, 
he has the opportunity to get a double digit FPL point return. And yeah. you know, when on he, corners, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So James was uh, taking them from the right and Alonzo from the left. I think that was how it was working. So he's Alonzo is getting 50% of his, which helps just like baseline bonus as well. Putting all those yeah. crosses into the box. You see that happen with Luke Shaw all the time. So I, I don't I, I I still like the Alonzo pick. This was a discussion that was happening with our Patreon supporters of like, well, how are we ranking these? You know, I think you can't really argue there are the three standout Chelsea defensive picks right now. Reese James, Rudiger, and Alonzo. And there yeah. the argument is where does Alonzo fit among those three? And I think Alonzo is the is definitely the lowest priority and perhaps um I don't know what I can't see you disagreeing with that. I think it's Reese James, Rudiger, and then Alonzo is the lowest priority. Yeah, um, I, I think that's I think that's right. Um, I think exactly in that order. I mean, I was, I was just thinking if there's any other Chelsea defenders that I would consider. I mean, Thiago Silva has really has played yeah. <laughs> like pretty consistently um, and played well. The, yeah, and played well. Yeah, I started the last five in the Premier League. I mean, I think that he is it's fair to say that he is the first choice central center back. Um, but you know, just in the end, we're not talking about players that like, he, he's not that much cheaper than the other ones. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like, it's fine, but it, we're not even talking about like a Virgil van Dyke versus Trent situation where you could maybe make an argument just cause he's like, a, he's like up to like 1.5 million cheaper at this point, or it's not that much, you know, 1.3 or whatever. So, but you know, if you're talking about like 0.5 million, it's like, just get Rudiger, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah. like we were saying before, he's like a marauding center back now. Like the guy is just dying to, to, to pick up more goals. And yeah, um, yeah that's, that, that was why he missed that shot. And it was just, it was, he does, he wanted it too much. Yeah. You know, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't handle it. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that's, I think, I, I think that's where we are on, on Chelsea. And then uh, one final question for the Wednesday matches. Uh, James Holland says, can we now move away from the Sala auto captain? I don't know why it's, it's sort of like we are so spoiled with Sala attacking returns that a week in which he merely gets an assist. Suddenly yep. people are like over it. Uh, it, it, it is just, um, it's, it's incredible his output this season. Um, I saw this comparison between Sala and Emmanuel Denis. Denis not getting enough shine as this under the radar consistent forward for Watford. He Emmanuel Denis has eleven uh, attacking returns across goals and assists this season, which is the closest in attacking number of attacking returns to Sala in the entire game. Sala, who has yeah. Any guesses, Josh? Uh, no. 20. 20. Wow. Jeez. So, you know, it's just like the... Ge- the Jeez. <laughs> what, what, what insight from me? Holy oh, moly. <laughs> it's just like the, the gulf um, is is honestly staggering. So that is what the um, the blanket captaincy on Sala is all about. You know, it's, it, it doesn't Did you leave. see what Sala's... Go ahead. I, you got me to pull up his, his, yeah. his like... Uh, profile page here i did not realize he was owned by 72.5 percent of managers that is insane yeah. have we ever been at a player above 60 72.5 is and brennan this is this is another thing that's exciting too uh, he's number three for creativity in the ict index holy you know crap I, Ooh, who could possibly that, be so. number one 
I don't know, but we're going to spend uh, several hours uh, digging into that and see if we can find out. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's just. It, I guess it's not like interesting podcast punditry to say, uh, "Nah, I'm still good with Captaining Sala." I, I, you, you, you can walk away from game week thirteen and say, you know, Trent is 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 becoming very consistent to that point. Uh, but then I think if you go that Trent route then you also have to include the likes of reese james and um Cancelo and these other high-flying attacking defenders and this week you saw how easy it is to turn a defensive asset from you know uh, an amazing nine pointer to a one pointer in the blink of an eye my condolences to yeah. all of all the ruben diaz owners out there um, yeah, so I, I, I just, think that yeah, go ahead. I, I do think that Trent is the uh, is the one that yeah. I think is is you know would would be at least competing a little bit with Salah because Liverpool are obviously much stronger defensively with with Van Dijk back and um, it is one point three million difference between those two by the way um, much stronger defensively and offering a lot of attacking with turn a little bit of goal threat um, he has out scored solid in the last three matches and there are some matches up ahead where you it's very difficult to imagine anyone scoring on Liverpool yeah. and so I think that there's at least an argument for for Trent probably more than any other player on this list that I would really just that I would like be receptive to um you know I think that he it really like I think you could really make an argument for him just because he has essentially essentially playing like a midfielder a lot of these games especially when they're, when they're playing teams that they can kind of run over a little bit and so um you know the problem is when you when you talk about those matches though you're talking about uh matches where Salah should in theory do quite well as well yeah. uh, and so it's sort of i mean he's he has not been rested a single minute so far in the premier league he's played the yeah. full 90 every single match yeah. at some point he's going to get that rest and it just feels like it's like impossible to discern when that's going to happen though. I mean, they play Wednesday and Saturday. He played the first match out of the, out of the international break. He played in the meaningless champions league match. He played yesterday. He'll probably play on Wednesday. Does it happen on Saturday? Right. I mean, that, that, that's a possibility. Um, I mean, that, that to me is, is the one where I would really consider it because, um, I do have Harry Kane on my team. They just got a free rest um, and Spurs play Norwich at home uh, in game week 15. Uh, yeah. If I had any indication that Salah was going to be arrested for that game week 15 match, I think that um, Kane would be a really uh, appealing captain for that Norwich match. Not completely related, but, and I don't have a source for this, but I, there was some word this week of, I don't remember if it was Klopp or some Liverpool a uh, journalist talking about Salah going away for AFCON, the African Cup of Nations, and Nico Williams coming in, filling in uh, uh, for uh, Trent at right back, allowing Trent to finally fulfill this this long-standing promise oh of God. moving farther up the pitch oh, into an actual in, in attacking the, midfield position. Plain as Mo Salah, that would be... It, it'd be amazing because he would suddenly shift that you would just move your auto captain from Mo to Trent, right? Yeah. Like yeah. just be like game over. Like that would be, Oh <laughs> wow. That'd be, that'd be wild. I hope that happens. Uh, he'd have to score a little more. I mean, I think that he, he'd have to change his instincts a little bit because I think that every, there are so many matches where I feel like Trent gets into the box and he's about three and a half feet from goal. And yeah. he, he could just, he could just 
you know, strike it. And he just looks for, you know, Sadio Mane to cross to right. or something like he's, that. He's you know? doing it's, the, uh, yeah. the Arsene Wenger, let's just walk it into the net sort of, uh, yeah, one thing. more pass, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think if for game week 14, uh, I'm going to stick it with, with Mo. I think that the, uh, Merseyside Derby, it's a pretty, you know, it's just enough of a competitor. I, I don't actually, you know, it's funny because I remember a Merseyside Derby a couple of years ago, uh, that was a midweek match where Klopp rested. Mm-hmm. This, okay. Again, this is, this, the problem is you cannot smart the manager. If there's a reliable leak, the problem is the leak won't come before the deadline, uh, oh. because they play as <laughs> yeah. much as Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Liverpool play on Wednesday. So there's really no way to, to do it. You just have to captain Salah and you know, if he comes on, he could still score too. I mean, it's not like it's a guaranteed one pointer. I mean, if Salah mm-hmm. comes on with 30 minutes to go against Everton, I fancy his chances to get something out of that match. Right. So fancy um, you fancy yeah. it joshua i would fancy i know I, you know the longer i we do this podcast friend the more of these britishisms <laughs> just like if like actually crept into my language I, I even say it like in real life now this kind of stuff you know like it's 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 crazy so uh i mean punt i've just adopted i just say punt all the time now. anyway all right uh thursday one last one last question here brandon uh it's from jeff petter longtime supporter of the podcast brand he says, if I take Mbomo out, who am I supposed to replace him with? <laughs> this is one. it, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, who? I just went through this. Everybody wants to get rid of a lot of these players. There's some aggravating players right now. Lots of players to get rid of. Not a ton of players calling out uh, to to bring in. But, yeah. you know, you, you pulled up this this list of expected points returns for game week 14 through 19. Who's top of that list? But it's it's Jared Bowen from West Ham. I think I think seeing Bowen rested in this uh, formation that Moyes rolled out against City was was interesting. And I guess it takes a little bit of the sting out of it. Um, you have to scroll all the way past James Ward-Prowse and Suchek, though, to get to Burnley's cornet. Now, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see the Burnley Spurs match. You know, all you know, mostly because a lot of my friends didn't get Spurs points, but also I think Burnley and Cornet have become this like it's a building hype train, and I wanted to see how Burnley looked against um, a team like Spurs. So uh, I, I still like re- remain like I'm still kind of reserving my judgment and my endorsement of Cornette at Burnley. Uh, it, it is just such a motley crew, though, looking at midfielders in this this price range. And ultimately, I I think you you just come back to these the the standard flag bearers of of mid price attacking mids right now, which are Gallagher and Emil Smith Rowe. Now, I think yep. Saka had one of his rare outings against Newcastle where he outshined Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe was not without his opportunities. He had at least um, two good looks at at goal. So I think Smith Rowe remains pr- probably the preferred Arsenal uh, budget midfielder there. I just I I I don't know that I would make a case for anybody outside of those two. No, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I just went through this myself, um, you know, a couple of days ago, I decided on Gallagher and I kind of immediately regret it. I mean, he was playing so deep that it's kind of hard to imagine him ever getting, uh, anywhere close to goal and, and actually scoring a goal. I mean, I, it leads maybe be the match, you know, where he could do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think that, um, uh, 
I'm not enthused about any of these. And also, if you're talking about Bomo out and you're trying to play some like for like, then you're talking about somebody who's like 5.6 million or cheaper. And that's an even smaller pool, yeah, right? I right. mean, you're looking at, I mean, you know, just like real like up and down, you know, Damari Gray, uh, uh, you know, Harvey Barnes, uh, if he actually keeps that spot, I mean, like Harvey Barnes has been like kind of like, he's like one of those like, he's he's honestly an Mbomo type. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you're just like, well, like he should be doing more than he does, you know, and and it always seems like when nobody has him, he does really well. And then when we all bring him in, he gets dropped or whatever. So, uh, you know, Harrison was a player I was briefly considering, uh, which it now feels like a complete joke after uh, I mean, just he's just not on it uh so far this year i mean his price is great right it's like i, I want it to work out but um it just is not working so yeah i mean if you, if you, you know if you, it just depends on how high up you want to go i mean that's ultimately why someone like joda becomes so appealing because it does, you don't have to go that much higher to get to yeah. diego joda right a seven million midfielder who's playing out of position as a forward for liverpool yeah. i mean just like repeat that sentence back back in your head and 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 you know you decide yeah. how long you want to wait before you bring him in the other kind of out of position midfielder as forward player is trossard and trossard has kind of been we've been uh, throwing him around the last couple of weeks. And I thought he looked really terrific against Leeds. He had a, you know, he was getting all of the opportunities. Mape got a few and just like blew them in in Mm -hmm. hilarious Mape ways. Trossard just looked like the truly talented attacking player on Brighton right now. The the issue I have with Trossard is exactly what you're saying about Jota, where it's 6.5. I just it just feels like an undue cost cutting measure to go for for Trossard instead of somebody that that's uh, either slightly more expensive or slightly less expensive. Like, how do you compare yeah. Trossard at six point five to Emil Smith Rowe at five point nine? Yeah. And what can you do with that extra point six? And then if if you consider Brighton again and, and Trossard, the, the fixtures, I, I just. Brighton have have been having a good season, but I just don't really know how to stack them against upcoming fixtures. You've, you've got West Ham, Southampton, Spurs, Wolves. And it doesn't seem like a, it, it's it's a fairly decent run of fixtures, but for who and what kind of form could we say Brighton are in at the moment? So I, you know, I, I it it just feels a little odd and, and ill timed for a Trossard move. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling the the, the Trossard move either. I mean, did you, I don't know if you saw Mape. By the way, he, uh, I think he had like 1.1 xg from that match. Like, like wow. Mape alone had that. Uh, I know he had like one giant chance, but I think just in general, he totally, totally uh, failed to impress. So. Yeah, that Brighton team, I, 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 you know, here's the thing, Brandon, uh, and I feel like this has been said a lot the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I, was just, I feel like I've, independently I've heard this in a couple different podcasts, but I think, I think it's true. I just feel like I don't need to watch a Brighton match for a while. I have not, I respect Brighton supporters. Our friend Joe is a Brighton supporter. There's a lot of great Brighton fans out there. Credit to Graham Potter. What can you explain to me, Brennan? This is this. We'll take this. We'll take this question off. Off. Okay. Uh, we'll take this question off the air. But um, why are Brighton not fun to watch? Why? Why am I not having fun watching Brighton play? <laughs> Please think, answer that for me. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I think it's the same issue that Manchester United have. It's the lack of um, a robust central defense. There is not no real connective tissue that. Um, 
that like it's this seems to be like the most difficult thing to do in top flight football right now is you can you know there's a bunch of um talented attacking players out there you know there's a moderate amount of of talented defensive players not a lot of uh player guys who want to play in the pivot Guys like Rodri, like this is why Man City are as consistent as they are, is Pep just goes out there and picks like the best pivot players, deep lying uh, defenders who can tackle and pick passes. And, you know, Solly March came on for and Solly March isn't exactly this this type of player for Brighton plays a little wider, but they're Basuma like potentially could have been that guy. Um, Cause he had a really great start to the season when Brighton was top four and looked like, mm, maybe they're going to kick it up a gear. And then yeah. Basuma had some issues and he's back in the squad, but he didn't look like the same Basuma this weekend. So that, that would be what I would identify as the Brighton issue. Yeah. And this is again, Brendan, why these, we, we can never do a 30 minute pod because it ends with me just <laughs> asking you to explain to me why I don't like watching Brighton and uh, nothing to do with fantasy. Yeah. But much. I can tell you, yeah. Josh, what you do love about uh, Brighton is going to the Amex and eating those delicious hamburgers. I, I love it. Not an ounce of moisture. It was incredible. <laughs> never forget that. Uh, but, okay. I, I will say I, I want to actually go like hang out in Brighton. I want to go yeah. like walk the beaches and stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to end this on such a sour anti Brighton note. Cause we had a good time. I still have my, I have a Brighton flag in my apartment right now, Brandon, that I got from that stadium. So we love it. all credit to Brighton. Great supporters. Let's, let's, let's take this off. The, oh, okay. Just to answer Jeff's question. Finally, though, I would just hold in Bomo. I don't say anybody in that. If you go up, you know, a, a couple million. There's obviously some options. I we didn't really talk about those uh, the the Man City midfield that much in that seven million range. I'm not convinced, and I also think that we don't know when Foden and Grealish are going to come back, and so I think it just makes the whole thing kind of like a stay away for me. Um, still, I'm still not on the Bernardo Silva thing. Um, anyway, so I would just keep him bum up, and uh, there's no one in that kind of immediate price range that I like more. Take a break. We'll get back and we'll wrap up the spot. All right, Brad, back. As a reminder, Game Week 14 kicks off on Tuesday. The deadline is 1 p.m. I assume we're both captaining Salah. I mean, it feels like we kind of ended up there in the end, right? Yeah, I've got uh, the armband on Salah, uh, unsexy, but but feels fine. And then Jamie yep. Vardy, uh, he, you know, he gets to he gets to have some fun and be my vice captain for a while. Yeah, that that actually does sound kind of fun. And I guess for for me, it'll be Harry Kane. We didn't talk about Spurs because what can you say? I mean, we didn't get a chance to see him play. Um, it's they're 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 a total like I mean, it just stinks because now we've lost one of the good fixtures that that makes you want to transfer them in. Um, and now I feel like I would. It's funny because if you didn't have a Spurs player, would I recommend bringing one in in front of the Brentford match? I mean, I guess I guess I would. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, how can you recommend a, a Spurs player right now? I mean, they have not been delivered at all. It's all fixture based, but I mean, it's, we've seen the reverse, right? We just yeah. see what, what Antonio looked like when he had a bunch of a run of poor fixtures, right? He blanked the whole time. And so like it, this is how it works. It's not like the most fun and exciting way to play, but you have to sort of bring in good players ahead of a good run of fixtures. That's just sort of the, like the really like meat and potatoes style of fantasy. And so I think that, um, I still think that they're like, you know, I mean, 
Brentford, Norwich, Brighton, Leicester, the next four, all really good. Yeah. Well, Liverpool, and I, yeah. I just, just yeah. on the Spurs point, I don't think the FPL enthusiasm behind Kane and Son and Spurs over the last few weeks was just because we need to attack these quickly upcoming fixtures. The idea was Conte is a world-class manager. There is great FPL returns and great football in those players, in Kane and Son, especially if they can just get going. So these FPL transfers for these guys were intended to be long-term moves, and I don't think you can lose sight of that. So, you know, and that said, yeah, so what if you don't know how to really call this Spurs-Brentford match? I would still encourage anyone who's targeting Spurs to jump on them this week because you're not just targeting the Brentford match. You're targeting these Spurs assets to have them for 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 a longer run. So it's not, you know, you're looking for this move to pay off over the course of a month, not just one week. So yeah, I'm kind of like I I feel like I have gotten away with it, kind of biding my time on Spurs. It's just like an insane. Yeah. I wasn't going to say luck. anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, no, no, you, you've had some, I just I was just kidding. Yeah, no, no. You've had you've you've had some. Yeah, we, this is how it all works. I mean, of course, in 38 weeks, we all. This is why like it's never good to talk about luck one way or the other, right? Because over the course of 38 weeks, we all um, we all get very lucky and and very unlucky yeah. and. Um, and it's it like, I, you know, especially when, when bad luck happens to me, it's like, it's very hard not to feel like you're the only person that the bad luck has happened oh, yeah. to, right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it was it might, like today, like this morning, I was talking to my wife and I was just so annoyed about the match getting canceled. But I, I knew there was nowhere to put my annoyance, right? There was no, <laughs> like, what was I going to get mad at Burnley for not, you know, heating their ground early enough in the day or whatever? I mean, it was, I, okay, the one thing I will say, the one complaint I might make, Brandon, was, you know, sure. it snowed very hard in Man- at, you know, Manchester, and then, uh, you know, snow stopped, and then it was kind of fine. Like, can you just delay the match for an hour? Is it, like, would it have been that hard to just, like, wait an hour and maybe see? Like, I know you had a lot of fans in the stands there, but was it really... Was it going to get worse? I I don't know. And I don't know if it's a broadcast rights issue. Um, Like if if the the broadcaster can't, can't air it an hour later. I mean, the, the funniest, the, 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 the biggest moment to come out of the postponement was less to do with the game and the players. It was that Twitter post from uh, a Texan American Spurs fan traveling with his wife where they had traveled nonstop for 31 hours from the Dallas, Texas airport into London, (laughs) trained it up to Burnley to see their beloved Spurs. And there's this hilarious selfie of the two of them on this train. They're like, we're doing it. We're going to go see Sir Harold. And, um, you know, it's like great pictures that precede unfortunate events. And, um, and I just can't believe it. Uh, Harry Kane reached out to them and said, you can come see a home match as my personal guest at White Hart Lane. Um, now, I don't know if Harry Kane's going to cover their like $1,000 airfare or not. That's another question. But Wow. Just, just like, stick around. It's, the match is like three <laughs> days away. You know, if, you, if you've made 31 hours, you're going to go right back. It's you? true. It's true. It's yeah, true. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, maybe get to check out that cheese cave while, you, while you're there. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 the rough with the smooth and you know, bad a bad game week comes for us all and you're lucky if it's just one over the course of a season. Yeah, that's right. That that is honestly um it's just a uh I you know, it's just crazy. I was actually thinking earlier today that we're it feels like this season has been going on for for such a long time. And I think the international breaks are are a factor here. You know, there's so many at the start of the season and 
but it is remarkable that this is our game week 14 preview pod, right? I mean, we could do, you know, 10 more pods and still, we'd still have more <laughs> weeks to go than we've had so far this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there really is a, a long, 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 long way to go. Uh, and so it's, it's good to keep your perspective a little bit. So, uh, on that note kicks off on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Shorter pod than usual. We'll be back on next week, Sunday. And, uh, if you want to support the podcast, that would be terrific. We had a, a good time and I, I wanted to participate more. And then I just had like family stuff that, that uh, you think you have pick up the slack a little bit, Brandon, but I was there. You, you know, were there. The, uh, and, yeah, and when you're spirit, not there, you're, yeah. you're there in, in spirit. Um, grumpiness. Yeah, exactly. That's where <laughs> but, I like to let up my anger. I was on the uh, Twitter slide. When or you're not there, the, the kids, the kids ask about you. They wonder what you're, what you're up to. And, yeah. Uh, dad's away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wondering if it, I, I think somebody, uh, I think it was our friend Eric with the K said he checked in on Twitter today, Sunday after the Spurs postponement. And he said he checked in on the hail cheaters Twitter and there was nothing but charred remains. Uh, yeah, that's there. pretty much that's pretty much true. Uh, I was trying to shake it off um, unsuccessfully, but uh, thank you to everyone who supports the pod. And if you want to become part of that community, if I may be so bold as to use that word, Indeed. go to Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Quick thank yous to our producers, Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson. Great to see you, Trevor. Twice, three times. I saw Trevor three times in a week, Brandon. Incredible. My gosh, it, pre, it was almost like a pre-pandemic moment for me, right there. I've seen him three times, in a and week. he gets better uh, each time you see him. Isn't it true? That's true. It's like a wine just ages so well. Uh, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wigner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forbrooks. Go Gang, Paul Hertzik, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Karen Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stu, Mikey Ewing. I think you read these faster than I do, Brandon. <laughs> uh, Sam Shaw, Rich Evans, Future Media Group FPL, Ben Swinney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Ron Frost, AJ, Jeremy Spiker. We had a lot of Patreon producer questions on this week's pod, Brandon. Lazaros, you know us, Jeff, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Kalev Robbie. Todd Byerly, Albert Paxoy, Martin Opseth, Lee Hickman, Volgir, Paulson Kruger, Jazz Benning. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple of days, Jazz. Francis Moore, managed by Lasso, James Keeley, Keegan Walsh, and The Saint, our newest Beautiful. producer, The Saint. I, I wanted to give a shout out to Carrie Swanson as well, our um, veterinarian producer. I noticed, I listened to your wonderful Patreon solo pod on. Um, uh, Thursday or Friday morning, Josh, and you mentioned that Carrie was a dentist. Now I'm sure Carrie has cleaned many, uh, you know, uh, sets of teeth on horses or domesticated house, house cats or, or dogs or whatever. But, um, Carrie, we see Did you I say <laughs> veterinarian. Uh, well, cheapers creepers. Uh, thank you for, thank you for correcting that. I hope we, I guess I should send her a note or something. Sorry, Carrie. No, but Carrie, does. Carrie loves it. Yeah. She loves the banter. And if you love the banter too, if you love always cheating, please give us a rating, a review, um, or subscribe anywhere where you get podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, et cetera. Follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters or anywhere you get social media. Uh, email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all this info and more, you can visit our website, alwayscheating.com. Josh, I'm going to give you a big howdy. Embakani um, forever. Uh, just in, in honor of yeah. all this Norwich City talk in this week's episode, I want to go back in my mind palace and remember all those great Embakani goals for Norwich. Oh, some wonderful goals and wonderful 
moments where he couldn't get out of a, um, a like wet a paper bag. Wheel or, yeah, yeah. There's like a great image of him like getting stuck on a Ferris <laughs> wheel or something like that. <laughs> Roller coaster or something. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do one last shout out here, though, which is for uh, the Get Back documentary, the Beatles documentary, which is mm. terrific. And it sounds like one of those things, like I thought I was completely Beatles out, like I didn't need any more Beatles. I, I, you know, like, like most people, I had um, several years where I was obsessed with the Beatles and it, I got it like totally where I just couldn't stand even listen to them anymore because I just I had was so beautiful stuff. But I'm loving this documentary. It's created by Peter Jackson. Uh, it's really really good. Um, so if you have not started to watch it, I highly recommend it. That's my final yeah. shout out. I can't wait to check that out. I'm waiting for my one month of Disney Plus that I buy every year for when it's like the Chronicles of Bubba Fat or whatever that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Season two of that lost me. I like yeah. too much like setting up for spinoffs. It's yeah. driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, the moment when you realize that oh, right, Star Wars is for kids. Um, you know, it's know. it's it's yeah. a it's a remarkable moment in all of our lives. But, <laughs> it's a depressing uh, moment. I, yeah. I cannot wait to watch that Beatles doc. I'm glad to hear it's awesome. Yeah, it is. I think so. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon. Bye.